Welcome to Ponderation, a podcast about teaching and learning in Seisheb. My name is Vic. I teach computer science at John Abbott. And I'm Leigh. I teach computer science at Dawson College. And today we're talking more interdisciplinarity um, and we're going to talk about why an interdisciplinary approach is desirable, what have we learned about that, how we envision it in a specific way, both of us, and um, any challenges, things we have to consider, and the actual feasibility of how we would see this in our schools. And again, we really wanted to come together to talk about this, to compare what is possible, and to bring up what comes up in discussion uh, with someone else and not just me thinking about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really found from doing this in a podcast form last time that we got more value from talking to each other about how uh, both of our institutions handle these topics than simply analyzing these topics in isolation Mm -hmm. uh, of our own colleges. So, yeah. Yeah. We're going to do that again. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) so why is it desirable why is this interdisciplinary approach desirable the first thing that comes to mind always for me from my experiences working in the tech industry is that these things are done or you know products are made problems are solved in an interdisciplinary team and my favorite things were kind of, oh, what does marketing do with what we end up doing? What does a designer know how to do? So this bringing this authentic experience to students is really important to me. And we saw in our um, interdisciplinary class that um, in Augsburg 2006, that these real world problems are complex, they require multiple perspectives, and this integration. And so we don't naturally see integration throughout our program. So um, thinking about this interdisciplinary approach is really important. Absolutely. Uh, The second dimension we we looked at to see uh, why interdisciplinary is an approach, an interdisciplinary approach, excuse me, is desirable is because it motivates students. So when looking at Landa 1997, it really can capture the imagination of, of different students. They might, you know, think and approach problems in, in different ways, you know, depending on their perspectives. Um, it's really important to them to have those, you know, different perspectives when approaching a particular problem. Um, and it helps them contextualize disciplinary knowledge uh, in class. Uh, you know, we, we saw that image of the of the T. So why they need to develop that vertical bar in the T, which is going really deep um, into into a discipline. Um, you know, so so that that's really important too. Um, and yeah, so the different approaches to learning require multifaceted approaches so that highlights the sort of the UDL aspect as well so by incorporating different different disciplines different disciplines learn in different ways and uh, we can sort of you know incorporate um, different learning styles in the process yeah I've actually talked to my colleagues a few times about how um, maybe not everyone in our program ends up being a programmer or a develop a software developer that's um, right 
and there are some people who really are more interested in the design side, but for sure their background in computer science technology would help them be a well-rounded designer, right? Mm -hmm. So in the end, to be truly student-centered, part of that is helping them find what's best for them. And so this interdisciplinary approach can help them in this time in CGEP, you know, it's the time to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, I think um, that ties well into our common competencies of the CGEP education, yeah. right? We have the solving problems. Um, so with other perspectives, you can see po- other possible solutions and, actually see how maybe the way you do something could apply in other situations. I think that's very true in computer science because often we're solving problems for other disciplines, right? You know, let's Mm -hmm. take all this data to um, approach this business problem in a specific way. So I think that's very important for our students to see more than, you know, solving math problems or um, that kind of thing. Um, the second competency being using creativity. So um, if we're going to combine strategies in new ways, it makes sense in this multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary context, right? Um, and knowing that there are more than there's more than one way of doing things, right? So yeah. um, I'm sure that we found in our team teaching activity, right, that everyone approached, this process in a different way Mm -hmm. oh definitely yeah (laughs) yeah and I think in that team teaching activity we did it did force me to do the third common competency of adapting to new situations right so working in teams you don't know how a person is going to respond or that kind of thing so um um, Mm -hmm. in this world communicate yeah communicating yeah (laughs) Yeah, everything is, I mean, I think we've seen very much that the world changes very quickly. I mean, a pandemic can hit and everyone mm-hmm. suddenly needs to do these things online. So that's right. Um, it's part of, of what we need to teach our students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, those are the common competencies. And then we can go into the program-specific component. So, you know, obviously, for, for, to reiterate, you know, both Lay and I teach in computer science. So our program-specific um, comp- uh, components, to, to, to integrate them into the workforce. Um, so why is an interdisciplinary approach desirable for integrating them into the workforce? Well, kind of, basically, like Lay said, they're going to be working with, you know, they're not just going to be working with programmers the whole time, you know, just software developers. They're going to be working with designers you know, UX, UI people, or I shouldn't use acronyms, user experience and user interface uh, people, um, you know, project managers. Uh, I had like, you know, scrum masters, you know, people who, you know, for those that don't know what that is, it's like, you know, how to organize a project and how how, how the, uh, you know, who's going to be working on what sort of portion of the project. But anyway, all those all those different roles, how do you integrate them all? Um, and then we have attitudes to practice the occupation. So attitudes, there's, you know, there are different attitudes when we talk about thinking like a program, a programmer, it's also like having the attitude of a programmer. And one that can work on a team. 
right? Yeah, and so exactly. that would be where that interdisciplinary approach is important because then they it coming back to the like adapting to new situations um, is very important. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and um, finally our our exit profile. So we looked at our exit profile in the in episode number one. Um, but the exit profile, you know, it, it was kind of bare, bare in, in the sense of actually like explicitly stating things about uh, an interdisciplinary approach. But, you know, it does sort of surface level say, you know, they should be, you know, physically active, you know, they should uh, know how to assess situations in an ethical way, you know, stuff, stuff like that. So, you know, it is you know, somewhat highlighted in the exit profile. So that's also why uh, we would want to do it this way. Meet those competencies. <laughs> exactly. Let's meet those competencies. Yeah. All right. So um, how do we envision interdisciplinarity um, within our program? And we came to a pretty quick agreement here that... Mm -hmm. There's a pretty clear one when, when you... Uh, think about this yeah. in our in our context yeah because we both have um well let's just say it a computer science technology with graphic design graphic web design kind of program because um i've definitely worked with um graphic designers um uh, when i worked in industry so for me this was the mm -hmm. most obvious thing to focus on in a dream interdisciplinary course or activity kind of situation yeah, likewise. I mean, there's pretty much, there's all, you always have, you don't leave it up to the programmers to actually design the thing or else it wouldn't look very pretty, would it? <laughs> they like to think they can do it all, but yeah. um, there's plenty of stuff in design that I have no idea about. Um, mm -hmm. And I think admitting that to the students and bringing in another perspective is going to be the most effective at teaching them Oh, this. yeah. <laughs> that would be a super valuable experience for sure. Yeah. So... We've, we before have talked about how this could look, um, but I think we came to the agreement that we can imagine what it looks like from our side in that, you know, the design students are involved in the process somehow. Maybe they design a website and the, our students create it, uh, program it, um, but we can't really know until we talk to the teachers of that program. Right, and this mm -hmm. ties into our readings of Latuka and Haynes of the levels of um, interdisciplinarity is dependent mm -hmm. on how much the the teachers are communicating, right? Yeah, and the levels of, of integration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what type is it going to be? Yeah, and you had a story about this um, expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, so I mean, not that I've ever attempted this. I would, I would like to, but I have a colleague who is a graduate of uh, MTP and I think after he graduated he, he must have been very inspired by this course because he exactly tried to do just this so he went over to you know our graphic and web design department he kind of asked around who would be um, willing or excited to work with us on having sort of this a project where computer science students work on you know the, the way that the website sort of behaves and functions and um, the graphic uh, and web design students would design it. And so he did actually find a teacher who was pretty keen on, on, on doing this. 
And so they talked and they talked and uh, I think what ended up, what happened, I mean, I can tell you that this, we still don't have anything <laughs> like this, so it didn't actually pan out. Um, you know, not to the fault of, of any, you know, any uh, individual in particular, but uh, I think there was a um, like expectation, I think Assumption. perhaps assumptions or expectations that one teacher had that the other one you know they both had different expectations basically uh because uh, you know and to try to put this into like the least technical terms i can um basically the person that actually does the coding of the stuff that you see on the website so like you know all the, all the buttons and the colors and the way things are laid out that role it wasn't clear if that was going to be done by the computer science student or if that was going to be done by the GWD students. Because the GWD students actually do have very cursory um, uh, ex uh, coding, ex experience. coding experience. Yeah, so they do have a course where they do learn that sort of front-end coding. So I think it was assumed on one side that they'd be doing it, and it was assumed on the other side that the other side would be doing it. So it really so, highlights the importance of communication. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can't just like throw this, oh, this is a great idea. Let's let's try it. And then it kind of would, you know, in the first five minutes fall apart. So um, defining those roles, who's going to do what. And so it was really that, I think, that sunk the ship um, because they, you know, an agreement I don't think could was reached there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the issues. And then another, another issue was that, so computer science, we were in the middle of a program revision. And so we basically had one cohort that was already, so we had two cohorts from the, like the old program going, and then we had one cohort of the new program. And so trying to line up which course it would have been oh, in our program because everything was, was basically flipped on its head. So trying to organize what that would be in the old one versus the new one, and then trying to bring GWD into it, what course would they have available to, you know, try this this little uh, experimentation, experiment. Um, so that also made it really rough. Um, now, now all of our cohorts are in the new program, so I think if we try to do it now, at least that would be one less sort of level of complexity yeah but that it, definitely it's interesting because one would think oh since we're already in a revision why don't we like shove this in somewhere but i yeah. think it does really underline that you need to know what your discipline is contributing to this problem and then also be open to um you know you're changing your expectations on what's possible and I think mm -hmm. that's what I've started to do. I think I mentioned in the previous podcast that I did reach out to uh, one of our graphic design teachers, and she is actually interested in collaborating. She's also an MTP, <laughs> so that helps. Um, and the first time I asked her, I was very much like, oh, could your students come and teach my students this without mm -hmm. thinking of this, you know, give and take, it should be valuable for both um, students or both teachers, both programs. And mm -hmm. so because of this course and the learnings we've taken, um, I have um, checked out their program grid <laughs> and seen and identified that they have a web design course in the fifth semester we have a web development course in the fifth semester and so I'm really envisioning something here that could work 
And for now, um, um, thinking about maybe one activity we can do together. So I think their design students present. It could be a great time for my students, or my computer science students, to see how designers talk to each other. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, this yeah. um, <laughs> adjusting and communicating is so important. Right. Yeah. And having, you know, the the other person in the other department or, or the multiple people you work with should, you know, be hopefully equally as excited to to do this. Exactly. Um, yeah, especially. And I think that communication becomes more important when we, if we expand on this dream interdisciplinary kind of activity or course where we've mm-hmm. talked about having maybe like a commerce student or maybe the, I forget what their program is called, but it's the community kind of um, program where they have a course in fundraising, for example. And mm-hmm. it, that could be a great uh, space where they might want a website and that could yeah. be designed by a graphic design student and then actually coded by um, a computer science student. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it really could be, you know, any anybody at the college who would want a website could theoretically, you know, say like, let's say, you know, the, you know, student student services could say, actually, we want a website to advertise this event we're having. Mm-hmm. And that could be like a great sort of authentic uh, situation for for these for these students to sort of collaborate and then sort of for one one semester or, you know, a portion of a semester have to, you know, spit out spit out a website for them so and i think that would fit in with the college common competencies quite well right that that having a responsibility that's part that's farther than just your own homework um but also delivering something for a third party that's expecting it is Mm -hmm. another lesson (laughs) exactly wow awesome so uh, finally, so the, 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 the crux of, of this assessment, or of this podcast, I should say, is to discuss the challenges and considerations of um, taking an interdisciplinary approach. How feasible is this whole thing, really? Because it's kind of, it's, I think it's easy to talk about on paper, but then actually once you start looking at the nitty gritty, that's when you start, you know, it starts to become less shiny and less, uh, you know, it could it could bog you down if they um, say what do they say the the devil is in the details yeah that's <laughs> that uh i don't think has applied more than when talking about interdisciplinarity <laughs> um so what are the organizational aspects to consider um well do the so do the curriculums line up so we kind of already sort of talked about this in when we were talking about GWD and computer science, you know, I had that situation where we were going through a program revision. So the curriculums were kind of like already like out of whack. Um, and uh, so, like I said, it was hard to find a time in the semester where, or in, in the, in the course progression where these uh, courses would actually line up. Um, so that was difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, like I was saying, it was way easier to approach our graphic design teacher with, you know, in this semester, is it possible? What does your um, 
course outline look like at this point mm -hmm. and I was even asking the teachers who teach our fifth semester web development course you know is there room for this and I got yeah. the wonderful response of um, we might have to cut some technical stuff but this is so valuable that it would be worth doing so <laughs> your call your colleagues yeah. said that okay yeah that's that's fantastic um, <laughs> uh, yeah. very very supportive there yeah, and I mean, that's another important organizational aspect to consider is working well with mm -hmm. the other teacher, right? It might be exactly. a dream course, but, um, you know, you have to organize when you'll be, when each person will be teaching or if you'll be teaching at the same time or um, maybe we're even having a guest and we're just both assisting that guest speaker. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, you really both have to be on on the same page, or else this could really go off the off the track pretty fast. Yeah, and I think I've been talking a lot more about you know uh, work sustainability for teachers, right? Mm -hmm. um, given how how many accommodations we've been expected to be given recently, and so sustainability of you know, running this kind of interdisciplinary activity is very important. That's true, because it just, I mean, you know, not that I don't want to make this sound like a negative thing, but this is a lot of work. Oh, it's yeah. just, that's, it is, that's what's what it is, right? And if teachers are already tired just teaching regularly and are dealing with problems like, you know, increasing class sizes and, you know, perhaps not getting particular aspects of support from administration, things like that, then they're just not going to want to do it because why add more work you know even if you have altruistic ideals or uh, of of you know the perfect educational environment for students to learn i mean that can be all, all great but you know teaching isn't everything that we do we also are human beings that have other you know responsibilities that we have to get to at certain certain times of the day so yeah, so it has to be feasible. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I think, for the conversations I've had with our graphic design teacher, is like to start with an activity, right? Not like, oh, let's design a full semester pro project where mm -hmm. we're working together the whole time. Um, I think taking a, a first step of, you know, maybe our students. Uh, go to each other's presentations you know that could easily be scheduled in the larger spaces which are at least at my college less often booked than the regular kind of classrooms mm -hmm. um, because that's also a kind of organizational aspect right is where is this going to be held um, when is it going to be held right I don't know yep. how hard the it logistics is. yeah yeah to kind of schedule a course at the same time um, these would all be mm -hmm. things we'd have to think about. Um, yep, exactly. And if we sort of, if, if we start thinking about blended learning, perhaps this could be a ripe opportunity for a bit of a blend because, as you know, blended learning is the um, reduction of synchronous face-to-face -face time in the classroom in favor of um, asynchronous activities. Well, that's one aspect of it. And so this, actually, the asynchronous blocks in this case could lend itself very well to have um, the students from both courses, you know, that could be, they, they would be 
in charge of finding a time that, that would work sort of for the whole team to meet up and have those meetings. Because yeah, you know, scheduling maybe maybe my class is in the morning, but the graphic design teacher's class is in the afternoon and there's just no way that we could just we could line that up. But if there was a synchronous time built in, that could be a, an interesting way to to use blended for something like this. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um at least at Dawson there are areas that can be scheduled you know for active learning kind of things so um, maybe even if it is uh, asynchronous there are kind of little blocks where there's space because that's one mm -hmm. issue at Dawson is that um, there's just very little space for students space. to just hang out and like work together um, mm -hmm. so I think um, I think that's my kind of nervousness with blended is like, oh no, we're really going to sit and work together. Cause mm -hmm. I, I even have students kind of, um, coming into my not full lab saying like, oh, can I use a computer like quietly while you're running your class? Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm more on the yeah, side sure. of like having a room booked, but I, I mean, it would definitely be an, a, a a chance to explore blended and mm -hmm. um, the graphic design teacher I've been talking to is actually submitting a, a request to make her w web design course blended okay so. <laughs> there you go yeah. already in the works <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all right so what uh, let's see what pedagogical aspects then do we have to consider um, so yeah, so one thing that was, so when we were sort of, you know, we, we had a, a sort of preliminary, just to give you a little peek behind the curtain, is this <laughs> isn't the first time Leigh and I are getting together to discuss this, you know, we had a little chat beforehand just to organize our thoughts. And so we kind of, you know, did a little thought experiment where if there is a, a course or maybe just a portion of a course that has already been, quote unquote, interdisciplinified, <laughs> or, you know, thought of in an interdisciplinary way or organized in an interdisciplinary way. So that, so let's, let's, you know, let's pretend there's one assessment. So, you know, it's, it's beautifully done in an interdisciplinary way. Um, both teachers are on board. They are communicating. They're on the same page. Everything's great. But then let's say the next time this, this course um, is offered, one of those teachers has to go on sick leave, or maybe they're not teaching that course anymore for whatever reason. So what ha what happens in that case? Because the that aspect of communication between all the teachers is so important. If somebody else comes in and takes my place and they don't happen to, you know, hold the same values, you know, this thing could potentially fall apart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And kind of to throw back to the computer science physics course that runs at Dawson, you know, it could turn out to be where there's a lot of assumptions on either side and it ends up being a worse experience for mm -hmm. students and that would kind of be the worst case scenario of like oh right. it's better to work in silos <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah and so we did talk about kind of having objectives that forced teachers to kind of or at least the activities to be interdisciplinary but um yeah, I, I don't know of any kind of late stage um, 
interdisciplinary courses so i don't know how that looks and it's mm -hmm. maybe like a yeah. later problem but something that we did want to to talk about and consider mm -hmm. exactly there's also that piece of um what type of interdisciplinarity right so i was mentioning the activity that of you know the um the computer science students going to the graphic design student presentations that's a little bit easier to see as something that would mm -hmm. succeed regardless um because it's more of this informed disciplinarity rather than this you know co-teaching full <laughs> mm -hmm. Tr true integration uh yeah yeah so no, for sure i really like that as a sort of stepping stone for mm -hmm. it just to just to listen to how people from other disciplines speak like that you know that that can be more impactful than we initially you know think yeah and i was saying uh, i was offering that maybe our students would give feedback to the graphic design students mm. saying like oh this makes sense to me as not someone in your field but um, or maybe this explanation was great i thought i understood it even if I'm not a part of your discipline. Right. Yeah. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Peer, peer evaluation across the disciplines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So I think that's yeah. what happens anyway. And it's something that the designer I worked with actually craved. She was always mm. saying like, all you developers give me the same feedback. You're like, wow, it's great. And I'm like <laughs> now craving <laughs> someone from Some my constructive own criticism. Yeah. So I think yeah. you need the mix, right? To know you do, that you're yeah. communicating well to other disciplines, but also that um, maybe you are digging deep in your own discipline. Absolutely. And that's why we, you know, like user, user testing and user feedback is a thing because the designers see it one way and the developers see it another way, but the person that's actually going to be using the application sees it in a completely different way that uh, neither parties, you know, could have even anticipated. So Exactly. And yeah. that they're in business world, the users are the most important, right? Exactly. So um, back to kind of the pedagogical aspects we did also ask, you know, who assesses what piece and what even are the assessments? Mm -hmm. And we talked about bringing it back to the objectives of each discipline, right? So um, in this case, we're not designing a course that's kind of naturally in, or an interdisciplinary course with like a organizing hub kind of um, piece where we're almost focusing more on like them working together um rather than you know one of the courses that's like tackling sustainability or something um right that would have this organizing center you mean that yeah. uh, is some sort of an issue yeah so i feel like hmm. art we're coming at it more in that we would like them to work together on something authentic mm -hmm. um so we would have to make sure that each discipline is meeting its objectives and we're not kind of doing forced overlap of like oh the design students need to do this so let's like insert this in and somehow the computer science students have to flex right. around that um and so we would have to ensure that that piece doesn't or it, it, we go back to the objectives mm -hmm. yeah exactly it seems like no matter what 
sort of aspect of pedagogy you're looking at, it always comes back to the objectives, no matter what. <laughs> so it's actually almost satisfying to see that it, it's still, you know, it that's applicable to this, you know, the subject of interdisciplinarity uh, as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think we can come back to um, the you know, the stepping stone. So uh, what are the assessments? It depends on how how interdisciplinary we're going. And I think mm -hmm. that can be the case um, if the teacher changes too, right? Is that they're going to adjust based on what um, strategies they know. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, we do know about, you know, peer and self-assessment because um, those would be the most authentic if we kind of bring it back to how um, designers and developers work in industry. Uh, I mean, I just mentioned it, right? They give each other feedback, um, but they also have to um, assess themselves, especially around compensation time. You know, your, right, what is true. my value? Uh, it's yeah. this, please pay me more. <laughs> One of the Those skills. Those are conversations that needs to, need to happen much more, I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's something that I struggled with in industry and would like my students to be much more prepared to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Know, know your worth and always always question that. Uh, great. So, and if we look at the, you know, coming back to the that T model, um, you know, so like the, the shallow portion of the T that sort of, you know, goes across. Yeah reach exactly and then the 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 leg of the t which then would would drill down into a specific discipline um you know much deeper so we ask the question does a shallow t make it easier to think widely so when we think about an assessment that we'd want to do in this sort of interdisciplinary context because we have to consider you know both graphic design and computer science um, it would be hard for that assessment to be to really, you know, go deep into one um, into one discipline, you know, entirely, because then it would make assessing it harder. Because if it went too far into the programming aspects uh, for computer science, then you know, kind of where would the um, your graphic design teacher wouldn't necessarily know how to how to assess those things and then if it went too far down into the graphic design discipline well you know i wouldn't know anything about how to assess design so you know that's why i think going back to the objectives finding what's common and really nailing down what exactly you're assessing and so then yeah folk you know maybe having more of a shallower t mm -hmm. if that makes sense i think um shallow t also refers to um, when in their program we would do an interdisciplinary course, mm -hmm. right? Because in theory, they have a shallower T earlier in the program, right? right? So do we do it from the beginning where um, they maybe aren't so siloed and entrenched in their own ways of thinking, but maybe don't have a strong disciplinary, their own uh, confidence in their discipline? Or do we do it later mm. when they have, you know, more knowledge and can contribute more of their perspective to a problem, right? Right, yeah. I would imagine, I mean, yeah, when I think of just the maturity level of our students, like I would probably only 
even consider doing this with third years just because you know you see in the third year really uh, and it, it, like if you've had the the sort of privilege of having taught them when they were younger because um, I've had I've had students I've never taught first semester courses but I've taught second and third year and really that something happens over that summer <laughs> from second year to third year and they just a lot of them come back and just completely like evolved versions of themselves and I imagine obviously that would really help in a you know in in this type of interdisciplinary approach just you know they they just speak more maturely they you know perhaps we'll consider other people's feelings, you know, maybe be more, more sympathetic. So, you know, I think that's um, definitely one thing to consider. I think it could be done throughout, but the, the amount they work together would change. So mm -hmm. I think going to a design presentation as a first year student is possible and is still valuable. Um, but having them work together when their skills aren't well developed um, on the same project, I would find much more difficult and for sure yeah. would prefer in third year. <laughs> um, right, exactly. Yeah. You need, I think I think you need more teacher intervention the younger you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more, more, more scaffolding. Yeah. I think, and then the last thing that we had put uh, for pedagogical aspects is their overlapping skills. So you had mentioned before that some, uh, the, the graphic uh, designers have uh, some classes in that building the looks of a website piece, and so mm -hmm. do uh, our students, uh, our, CS, our computer science students. And so um, knowing what they already know coming into the project, um, you know, can help to decide what's expected of each party, but also can help them realize that they do have similar languages. And so maybe they aren't so, you know, off in their own silos and they can use that, those strengths together. And then uh, you um, focus on, you know, what the other person knows better. Um, mm -hmm. So playing to each other's strengths. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, that yeah, let's uh, move on to the final category here, which are the uh, technological aspects to consider, things like digital tools and platforms. Um, so the first thing that we thought of was using the, so using the the, the TPAC model, and the TPAC model is something I think we learned in, I forget which course it was either pedagogy or digital learning or digital classroom uh, digital classroom probably both. that's right <laughs> yeah probably both uh it's by mishra and kohler uh, 2006 and basically tpac is an acronym that stands for uh, technological pedagogical content. and content knowledge um so the reason why this is important to consider uh is because like so technology technology should never just be sort of considered on, on its own, right? It should also be, it should always be considered within the context of the pedagogy and also the content um, that you're teaching. So there's a lot they, of technology involved in like in computer science and then in graphic yeah. web design. Uh, so, you know, even just deciding what technology is on the computers <laughs> yeah <laughs> as a exactly. very like specific thing to consider what is installed yeah so and and if we did have shared 
platforms or tools that we used, both of us, both in GWDN and computer science, I mean, that would be uh, beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, again, the only way to really find that out is to speak with the GWD teachers and ask them what tools do you use? Oh, we happen to use the same one for that purpose. And then, you know, that's great because then both of our students can use that same tool to, you know, for whatever thing they'd be working on. Exactly. And I could see it as kind of the opposite way too. Um, the fifth semester graphic design course at Dawson, um, you know, is a second in their web design kind of stream or, um, so, but then, you know, if they're not using technologies that are similar at all to our computer science students, you know, how are we going to design an assessment or project that Mm -hmm. could work for both of them? And since it is in the fifth semester for both programs, well, you know, does that change how the previous, the prerequisites courses teach their technologies mm-hmm. as well, right? It, it really takes a holistic approach. Um, and, you know, what ends up on the lab computers is what we decide is needed for our course. And so this is definitely a discussion to be had. And hopefully it is less um, fiery (laughs) than (laughs) some technology discussions that we end up having. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. As, as you can imagine, you know, since the bread and butter is technology, so many people have many different opinions on, you know, perhaps what technology is better than others. So even trying to decide on, on one tool or language can be a, uh, well, I think task. teachers can um, uh, relate with the learning management system platform mm-hmm. argument, right? Or even, you know, um, Zoom versus Teams, um, mm-hmm. Leia versus Moodle versus Moodle, Teams. Yes. So right. this would be another piece we would have to consider is, you know, how are we releasing these assessments to our students um, if we are fully a joint class in like some very... Uh, after release future um, mm-hmm. is it on the same platform because you can really get yeah. stuck on these things and it can make it add friction to your relationship which we already said was so important to keep the collaboration up yeah have it go really smoothly for sure and uh, so there are you know monetary costs that uh, sometimes when you want to use certain technologies you have to consider you know, if you have 30, 60, 90 students, uh, perhaps the the tool that you're using, you know, the free tier just doesn't cut it. So you have to make sure that you get the appropriate uh, number of accounts. Well, how much is that going to cost? Who's going to be paying for that? You know, is that IT that's paying for it? Is it your department? Is it, you know, the other, you know, the other department? Or I don't know, there's so many. I mean, Lay, Lay is the chair, so you, you probably <laughs> can speak to this more. I don't know anything about budgets. <laughs> Uh, oh no (laughs) yeah it's definitely something to consider especially as um, I believe we're uh, like the government is wanting us in general to move to cloud and so they're Mm -hmm. going to have to get used to more um, kind of subscription based expenses versus capital expenses things I'm learning as I transition into this chair role Mm-hmm. Yeah, ca- capital request form is a term I've heard probably too many times, <laughs> yeah. and I still don't quite know what it means. But <laughs> so um, we've kind of covered what we 
wanted to, and I guess my question to you, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot, but what would Uh your next steps be? And I can go first if you kind of want (laughs) to think about it. My next steps, like if I wanted to actually implement this, um, yeah, you can go ahead. Yes, I will go ahead. So, uh, like since I, you're since you're already basically you've already reached out. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since I've yeah. already reached out, um, my next steps are kind of to let her finish her semester, <laughs> and then make that meeting with the our assigned teachers for that that fifth semester course. Um, meet with the graphic design teacher and see what kind of the smallest thing we can do is for next for this coming fall semester um because we would like to have it be more you know like more integrated um but we would like to start the partnership the communication off so right now i've said i've targeted kind of that presentation they have at the end of the term but because this teacher is also um update potentially updating for a blended class um she doesn't Mm -hmm. know exactly again like you were saying middle of a revision you don't know what your course looks like you don't know what integration is possible because we are trying to do this in the constraints of existing programs existing courses so right and i mean the teachers on our side are um excited about it um and so i think with a little bit of communication it can turn into something that's like a something which is bigger Mm -hmm. than what it is now and hopefully grow (laughs) into more right so okay that makes sense (laughs) and then i guess so yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense starts with communication so for me it would probably be uh, reaching out to my colleague who did try to do this in the past and i guess sort of um really you know nailing down what went wrong what if we wanted to try this again you know what would have to be different, uh, basically setting up those expectations first. What, what do we even want out of it? And I think taking it to the level of kind of what Lay said is it doesn't have to be like a big assessment, like a big project at the end of the semester. You know, it's like weeks and weeks long. It can be something really small. So I think um, if we consider that as well, um, you know, that's probably a better better place to start and work incrementally from there instead of trying to go for like, the big sort of payoff at the end you know at the beginning yeah 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 and i think well you haven't taken the team teaching course but no, i think I our you know in performa we're kind of like striving for these ideals and i think it can help or cause us to lose sight of um just a little working from baby steps kind of thing Hmm. yeah start small i mean they, they say it in you know, like instructional strategies, like don't try to overhaul your entire course with like all new lessons. Just take one thing you learn from there. You know, your your lesson your lessons should all be basically the same, but then you know you throw in like a reflection component, or like a cat or something, and they're really tiny. And uh, you know, there's like these universal sort of uh, approaches that that work no matter what you're talking about. And interdisciplinarity is no exception. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, thank you for chatting with me about this. Absolutely. I'm more excited to take this on because we talk about it and we've kind of considered Mm -hmm. what the little bits are and have kind of confirmed to each other that starting small is is fine. (laughs) Exactly. 
and we know that we're, you know, whatever we do will be rooted in, you know, an evidence-based approach uh, because we have all these amazing readings from this course to pull from. And so, you know, I'll, uh, I'll also mention that, uh, so in our show notes, we have, you know, the references to everything that we've spoken about. And we'll also include the course outline, I think, to Lay's course that she wants to, you know, uh, interdisciplinify uh, with her colleague in graphic design. And uh, if we can, I think, barring permission from that teacher, we'll try to actually also include that graphic design outline if we can. Is that right? Or excerpts from it, maybe. Or expert. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Well, thanks so much again, Lay. Yeah, and, oh, uh, un- time flies. <laughs> time flies. All right, so until next time, this has been Ponderation, a podcast about teaching and learning in Sejep. Mm-hmm.